I reached out to a friend who knew of this 80 year old, really famous psychic in LA that time I was living in LA. And so that that's when I had a call with her and told her about kind of what was going on that I kept hearing noises and kind of was waking up in the middle of the night, felt, felt like there was always someone on me in the middle of the night. Um, just all these weird experiences. And also I started hearing my grandmother who passed away. I just felt her energy. So it all just like came to me and I felt so scared. I didn't know how to deal with all of what was happening. You ever wonder what mediums do with their free time? How about a 30 something year old gay medium living in New York city? Well, in this podcast, you're about to find out. Welcome to Ghost Daddy, a place where LGBTQ plus spiritual people and our cis-hetero allies, of course, have a place to just be themselves and spread their wisdom. This is the new face of spirituality. None of that love and light, toxic positivity crap. So pour yourself a vodka soda, (laughs) open up your mind, and start listening. You can listen to the Ghost Daddy podcast anywhere where you listen to podcasts. just happened. I'm your host, Liz Enton. If you listen to the intro, you know my story. If not, here's a brief summary. I'm a science skeptic, and when my dad died, I took a shot in the dark and decided to investigate if there was any possible evidence of an afterlife. I assumed that was as realistic as Santa Claus, but I was desperate. However, I was so blown away by what I discovered that I wrote a book and launched this podcast. In this podcast, I will be talking to some fairly normal people about some really weird shit. I speak with everyone from psychic mediums and afterlife researchers to ordinary people who've had some inexplicable experiences. So come, listen, there's no need to draw any final conclusions. Keep an open mind and wonder, what the fuck just happened? Hi, I'm talking today to Sam Rosso, and she has some fascinating abilities. She is a psychic animal intuitive. Is that how I would word it? Yeah, psychic medium, animal communicator. Yeah. I am a psychic medium and breathwork teacher, certified breathwork teacher, um, and work with animals and humans to kind of bridge that connection between animal and human and help you develop your own intuitive and psychic abilities. So thank you for coming on, Sam, and welcome. Thanks, Liz. I'm so excited to be here. It's awesome to have this conversation and especially about animal communication. Uh, I think we'll be diving into a lot more. So yeah, I'm Sam Rosso, uh, originally from Brazil. I've lived um, kind of around the world, left Brazil at a very young age, age seven or eight. And then I went to live in Asia and Europe, and then I came to the US. Um, 
My path has been very interesting in that I went from college to corporate and then kind of went on a self-discovery journey, um, really understanding what I came here to do, what my passion was, and what kind of made me light up in this world. And in this path, I began, the first thing that I really started doing was meditation, which took me into a really beautiful space of understanding who I really was. Um, and that took me into working with several, several mentors, several people that kind of helped me navigate this kind of scary and vulnerable path that we kind of all have, right? When we graduate college, or even if we don't graduate, just kind of this, this age, right? At like 18 to, you know, even up to 30s. And I started my business, my official kind of Samantha Russell LLC in about five years ago. And I started working with women on how to build their own business, because that is what I studied in college in Parsons School of Design in New York. And it was kind of the easiest route. And of course, I was doing marketing for Google. And so this kind of felt like, okay, this is just the easiest thing I can do. And from there, I kind of felt like there was something else. And that's when really my kind of psychic ability started to emerge and started to awaken. There was a time, there was a point, uh, there was a, there was a night in the middle of the night, kind of like I just woke up and started crying and just felt like what I was doing wasn't really the path. And that was during the meditation. This was when I just have a question, first of all, about your meditating. Was this meditating you did for yourself, like you were meditating or you were teaching meditations? No, this was for myself. Like I was just meditating on my own, um, just YouTube videos and kind of, I was trying to find a way to calm down my nervous system and understand the emotions that I was kind of going through, um, with my job and not liking it. And kind of, I was confused and felt kind of I kind of felt like, what have I done my entire life? And I'm, I'm here. I don't, you know, I'm supposed to like my job. You know, it's for Google. I'm earning all this money. How, how is it? I'm not happy. What, what's going on? Like, what have I just done? So that's when meditation kind of, it, it just came to me. Like there wasn't something that it just kind of like, I stumbled across it. Somebody told me, or like I, I joined a studio and kind of went from there and then started doing yoga as well. Um, yeah. And so I started the, the back to like when I was in the middle of the night, I kind of like just woke up and something just felt so it was almost like I felt like there was a hole inside of me. And there was just like this is there's something that's really going on here. Um, and that's when I started to really notice that I wasn't intuitive. And it's really interesting because I started hearing strange noises and we'll get more into it later, but I guess I'll just kind of like wrap up like where, where, where I was and where I came from and what, what's going on now. Yeah. So I started doing that and started kind of working with other psychics to understand what all that was. Cause it started to scare me. When you start working with other psychics, what do you mean by that? Like you went and started doing classes or you reached out to them or. Yeah. So I reached out to a friend who knew of this 80 year old, really famous psychic in LA. That time I was living in LA. And so that, that's when I had a call with her and told her about 
kind of what was going on that I kept hearing noises and kind of was waking up in the middle of the night, felt, felt like there was always someone on me in the middle of the night. Um, just all these weird experiences. And also I started hearing my grandmother who passed away and I just felt her energy. So it all just like came to me and I felt so scared. didn't know how to deal with all of what was happening, which I think a lot of people tend to kind of go through. I don't know if you kind of went through that, but I don't have any really psychic abilities. I just research like the evidence of it. So no, I have not gone through that. I guess, okay, so I want to back up a little bit. So you were working for Google and like most of us right out of school or, you know, whatever, whether into college or not, like the 18 to 25 year old stage, you just something you thought you were supposed to be so happy at Google and you weren't. So you were doing meditations and then you said you had the first thing I want to like get more into because that's so interesting you had, uh, you said you had like an experience in the middle of the night or you felt something like, can you explain what you mean by that? So I started actually meditating three times a day. For how long? How did you have that kind of time working at Google? Wow. Yeah. Um, well at that time I was actually, so I was able to work remote. So that was like a big thing. Um, because their headquarters, I started in San Jose in Silicon Valley in their headquarters in Mountain View. And then after a year, I went to live in LA. And so going to the office in Santa Monica wasn't really feasible for me. So they kind of allowed me to work from home. So that's how I, I had time. And I was doing... I just How long was each meditation though? Was it like a five minute one or was it like a hour long? No, it was like 20 minutes three times a day. That's a oh, wow. Okay. So yeah, it was pretty wild. And I did that for like a good, like maybe one or two months. And that's when I started really like hearing things during my meditation. And of course, at that time I was still healing a lot of my baggage and a lot of things that I didn't know. And I was really starting to understand like who I really was. So there was so much shadow work to do. There was so much there's so much work to do on myself that not only was I reacting in a scared manner because, Oh, I didn't know about this. This is kind of like, looks like the ghost movies. Right. But also because I was, my frequency wasn't high. Right. And so I kind of attracted these kind of lower density spirits. Does that make sense? Somewhat. I mean, as much as any of this stuff <laughs> makes sense. I, yes. Yes and no. You know, I, I, yeah, that's yeah. exactly what I'm trying to learn how this makes sense. Okay. So you were doing this meditations um, and you didn't really believe this stuff. This just wasn't really on your radar. And then you were doing all these meditations. What was the very first thing the dream or was it that you heard some things during meditation no i heard i heard um so the one that's popping up right now because so many things right that happened like six years ago the one i'm remembering right now is i heard i was actually in colorado when we were looking to move from la and i heard this like <laughs> okay <laughs> what is this I'm like, this is not my headphone. This is not like, this, you know, this would be something different. Um, 
So that's popping up. I also would, in the middle of the night, I would feel touch. Like I would feel as though somebody was touching me or, and I, I just, it was like, I was like just flipping side to side in the bed and kind of. Not when you were meditating, you'd feel that you'd hurt. No, when I was meditating. When you were sleeping. When I was sleeping. You'd wake up or like falling asleep. Yeah, exactly. And during meditation, now the other thing that's coming up is I would, um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't feel like my touch, but I would feel somebody touching me during meditation, but I would feel a presence of someone there. Okay. So you started to feel that was sort of the first things that started to happen with meditation. Right. Exactly. Like when you first heard that noise and felt that, like, how were, what were you thinking of it as? I mean, I know for me, without having studied this, I don't think something parent, I I mean, I don't know. I don't know if the first thing my mind would go to would be go to a psychic. I think if I start hearing noises, I go get a brain scan or go to an ear doctor. Like what, why did you, I would think I had a brain tumor that was like making me feel things is my guess. (laughs) And before I'd studied all this. So what made you think, wow, you know, this is something, or was a psychic the first thing you went to? Like, what was your first reaction to this? Yeah, so that's a great question because actually when I, during that time, I actually thought that I might have to see, I actually had considered seeing a doctor. The reason I didn't see a doctor first is because since a very young age, I've always been interested in astrology. That was like a really big thing for me. Um, ever since I can remember. And interestingly enough, as I became more interested in astrology, I, I connected astrology as, as something that we were kind of like born with. And there's something more to us, right? Astrology was kind of like the gateway into all of this. And I, throughout my years, up until like I got my job at Google, I would go to different psychics. I would do different readings. Like I would go to shops in New York, for example, and just kind of like, but never like fully like believe, or I wanted to believe, I I, I mean, kind of believed, but wasn't, I always took it with like a grain of salt and always had like that slight like doubt of like, oh, can this really be done? So I knew that there was more to what I was experiencing and it wasn't that was, I was feeling like sick or anything like that. So I guess like my first instinct was to go to a psychic because of the past experiences that I had. I guess first I'll ask you about some of like the psychic readings in New York. Did were, I mean, were any good? Cause in my mind, what you just said, I picture those storefront ones, which my experience with were not good. So I'm just curious if, did you have any, before studying all this or before hearing the noises that you were impressed by? No, (laughs) not really. I wasn't impressed by any readings. It's really interesting. Um, my, it was sort of like a whole other like episode, but I'll try to cut it short before even I went to New York in LA, or I guess it was after New York was in LA. Um, I, someone sent me to this psychic in LA. I don't know who it was. And apparently it was like this huge psychic in Hollywood that was like super famous. And I went to her house and she's old lady that she worked with this old lady. And this old lady told me all these kind of crazy things about my energy and how it was so bad and so dense. And I had to pay like 
in order for me to transcend and transmute this heavy energy, I needed to offer like a large sum of money to, to, to these people in order for them to do the healing on me. And of course I was in a very vulnerable place wanting to figure out, you know, what I was meant to do when this job sucks. And this is like feeling so horrible that I fell in the trap. I fell in the trap and I actually spent. Oh my God. I know. I just have to stop and say something. Anyone listening that is one of the worst cons. If any psychic or medium ever asks you to do that, leave. Do not, do not do that. And I'm so sorry you fell for that. I mean, it's, you're vulnerable. It's understandable how, if you already think this stuff's possible and you're in a vulnerable place, that's when con artists come, however smart someone is. So, oh, so yeah. Yeah. So this woman said all that to you and she was like this big Hollywood, big Hollywood psychic. And she's like, I'm going to create a statue of you and you have to pay me this amount and I'll do the, heat. and of course I didn't know about, you know, space, how spirit worked and space and time. Like I, I thought that you know, um, I had to be there in person. And so I was like, how are you going to do this healing on me? Uh, it was like this 21 day healing transformation thing. And so I sent her $2,000 via Venmo. And the next day I'm so sorry. Oh, what a disgusting human being. I'm so sorry that happened. Oi. Yeah, it was, it was bad. So yeah, I, I mean, and it's, it's funny you ask that question, like, why didn't I go to a doctor? It's like, again, I always come back to this. It's your intuition. There's something in you that just says, go to this, go to this, even though you have had a bad experience, you've had something that wasn't, you know, yeah, a good experience. It was still like, so this, psychic wasn't the first one you went to when you first heard these sounds no and i'm assuming i probably don't even need to ask nothing you nothing was better after the two thousand dollars you felt no changes right no absolutely nothing no absolutely nothing no 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 and is that how you realized it was a con like what made you realize well so it was like the day after it was kind of like, what did I just do? I think the day when I sent her the money, I was in such a vulnerable place and I didn't know what to do. And I was so, so, so upset and so in a very dark place um, that it was like, just anything, I'll do anything, you know, kind of, kind of attitude. And the next day it was kind of like, okay, I've recouped myself. I've slept. I'm not in such a bad place. What the heck did I just do? Like, I, there's no way that I need to send $2,000 to someone for me to feel better. (laughs) So it's kind of one of those, it's, it's, it's one of those things where you see the energy can go so down South and then you can come back up and say, what's right. And so it's, it's like, that's why I always say we can't make decisions when we're in this kind of place. Cause it just, it takes over. Very true. Yeah, Yeah. I agree. I mean, and so you'd had that bad experience then and you realized that you weren't able to get the 2000 back and block it on Venmo or anything. You just sucked it up, right? No, Liz, I actually I well, I, I, I actually filed a complaint and I I couldn't use my haven't I couldn't use my Venmo for like four years it's just recently that i activated venmo again because i said i can't have this money be gone 
Oh my god! And then Venmo, like it was in dispute with Venmo for four years. Yeah, it was in dispute. Well, no, it was just. I think I called. My, I had called my bank. I called Chase, and I said, "Hey, this. You know, I just got fraud." And I just kind of shut down my Venmo so that they wouldn't kind of, I didn't, I, I was so fun. I didn't know what to do, right? This was like six years ago. I kind of like had no idea. I just tried to do what was possible to get my money back because I felt so betrayed. Yeah. I mean, it's such yeah. a betrayal of trust and it's people, they know people are vulnerable. It's when they're in grief or working through trauma or, you know, sick themselves, maybe not, you know, maybe tw going towards the end of their life. And in fear, it's so disgusting. Did you get your money back in the end? Like it was blocked. She didn't get it. No. Good. Oh, I'm, I'm glad. And I'm sorry. So you had that bad experience. Then, you know, you were, your life was better. You were working at Google. You were doing the meditations, which I'm so impressed by anyone who has the motivation to meditate three times a day. You then... Um, felt like something like you were hearing the voices you were feeling this thing you know um and then you went you you were saying you knew not to go to a doctor because you had some form of intuition it just felt like some part of you just knew it was some like was there a reason you knew was it just an intuition did you have a dream like anything you can elaborate on that yeah yeah so when I was like, when I started my business and kind of started carving my own path and working with mentors and working with other women on what their passion was and this all obviously for free, which I, anybody listening, if you're wanting to do your passion, one thing I definitely re recommend is do not work for free. Um, but I was doing that and I, yeah, something with again it's like the unseen right like it's something just like kept telling me you're here to to be a psychic medium like that's actually the message i received like i will become a psychic medium it's just like i didn't know how or what to do or how to get there and i it's there was a part of me that I, that didn't really trust in that message just because it was like so like large and i thought well what do you mean like you know what i mean i have a psychic medium i, I don't know about that um, it's, it's something that you can't explain, right? It's like your gut feeling. It's just a gut feeling. Just like with anything else. I mean, psychic medium has right. the spiritual, but just the same way someone might know they want to be an entrepreneur and start a certain kind of startup or like they are meant to be a doctor. Right. It's like your intuition. All of us have it. Yeah. Okay. So you heard that weird buzzing noise. I heard noises I, I heard like people talking also, there was one point that I heard like people talk, like it, it was as though it was like, like another room. It felt like, as though it, like the feeling of, it wasn't like in my ear, it was almost like it was across the room that I heard that noise or people talking. Like to you or amongst each other? No, it was like to me. I don't even remember what it was now, but it was to me. But it wasn't he it didn't feel like it was here. It felt like it was across the room. That's another thing too, with like mediumship, not much like psychic, but mediumship. You never really remember what they told you. I don't know if you've talked to other psychics. I've heard that. And then also 
I started hearing my grandmother because she would, I started hearing like, go do this, go there. And it didn't make sense. It, I heard like, like if you think of, okay, I'm, you know, here sitting at my computer. Oh, but I want to, I want a glass of water. Right. Kind of that thought. So I had those thoughts, which were messages from my grandmother, like go to the store and it didn't make sense. I was like, what do you mean go to this store? But you would remember what she said or sort of vaguely like waking up from a dream, like, cause you said you don't remember it, but then you remember what your grandmother said. Okay. How do I explain? When I was hearing these things, like go to the store, go to this, that didn't make sense. I thought this can't be me because it's not, it's not really like making sense. Like I didn't understand the intuition didn't make sense didn't make sense. Right. You know, on, in quotes. So when I had spoken to that first psychic in LA, that 80 year old famous, not the Hollywood one, another one, a trusted one, not the one who ripped you off. No, no, no. The one that was recommended by a friend. She, she, and I she was her, good. She was really good. Yeah. I, I've actually, I still kind of work with her here and there. I asked her, I was like, where is this, this I'm receiving these thoughts and these messages. Where is this coming from? Because it's not making sense to me. Right. It's like, it's not really coming from me. I don't want to go to the store, but someone's telling me to go to the store. And she's like, Oh, it's your grandma. So you didn't know it was your grandma. She told you. No, I didn't know. She told me. And so your grandma, and did that make sense when she said it? It did. It did make a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and that's the thing. Like after you refine your skills, you, the chills is a big, big part of like truth. And when you feel resonant with the message. So you were hearing, and so your grandma would say things like go to the store. What did, so like, would she say, was there something you received that you then went and did? And you were like, Oh, that's why, you know, like you went to the store and like bumped into some guy who like you're married to now. I mean, I don't know if literally that, but like, what did it? I mean, maybe if that's that and I got that right, that's awesome. <laughs> like, so what, was there anything verified like along those lines? And how did you know which store? Like she gave the name of a store? Was she like, go to the store? Yeah, no. So I, at that time I had, I don't remember if I had already quit my job. I think I did. Cause as I quit my job, I had a, a job, job. I had a panic attack before. Um, and so that's like a few days after I was receiving these messages that didn't make sense. So that's when I kind of reached out to the psychic. Um, and when she said it was my grandmother, I thought, oh, okay, this makes sense. Cause I'm in a really, really now vulnerable place. Cause I don't have my job anymore. I don't know what I'm doing. She's definitely coming in. Cause she was like my mom. She was like my second mom, my first mom. Um, and so I needed time to kind of recalibrate my nervous system and understand like what I was doing. And so she, she, I remember I bought like, I, I always used to go to Michael's. I'm sure you know, Michael's there are Michael's in New York. Yeah. Yeah. I know Michael's. I don't know if it's in New York, but I have been to it in uh, the arts and crafts store. I've been to it in other cities. Yeah. Um, and I think there was something about like creativity, uh, understanding like my own, my own resources, my own creativity. And so when she said, go to the store, I felt, I had already felt like perhaps like painting or taking a bath or, um, doing something of the sorts to just kind of like calm myself down. And so I had gone there and the first thing I bump into is a statue or like a little mini, yeah, mini statue of Ganesh. Do you know Ganesh? No, he is, I think the Indian, yeah, Indian God, um, 
Yeah, okay. It says Ganesh, also spelled Ganesh, elephant-headed Hindu god of beginnings, who is traditionally worshipped before any major enterprise and is the patron of intellectuals, bankers, scribes, and authors. So it kind of like makes made sense, right? It was like I was starting something new. So encountering a little statue of Ganesh was like, oh, and I had no idea, but I looked it up and I was like, oh, okay, now I trust in, you see, like, it was like the beginning of like trusting in the message. Um, and of course I had bought like another, a new robe, a new, it was like starting a new path, like a new robe, right? Like new soap, new, like just kind of like, then like cleansing myself with water. So like feeling very sort of ritualistic type of baths and Exactly. And like, exactly. And kind of like starting anew, like reemerging from this thing, right? Like I think Deepak Chopra talks about this, like every time we always need to go through this kind of like dense period before we kind of emerge into what we, we want and what we kind of are here to do or our next step, our next evolution. So I think this was a huge confirmation of like, okay, I'm definitely not meant to to work for corporate. I'm not meant to kind of do this. I'm meant to carve my own path. How the fuck do I get, <laughs> get there and go there? But, you know, okay, thanks for the little message and the trust here. I mean, that's all really cool. And so you kept getting those messages. And then you said you were also doing these meditations, feeling things. Like, what did that feel like? Did you feel like someone was like playing with your hair? I don't know. I can't even imagine like, I mean, I, I guess I'm, I had like one or two moments of this, which where I felt like once someone like rubbing, while I was doing a meditation with a medium, I felt someone like rub something along their cheek. And, you know, I made the medium like I trusted her. Otherwise, I would have thought since my eyes were closed that she did it on purpose. But it felt like someone like blowing along my cheek. And we tried to figure out every normal explanation. And there was none. So like what that's the only sensation I had of so directly of that. So like, what did it feel like to feel people were there? And was it like scary? I don't know if I woke, I mean, now I would, I know enough, but like, if I felt like someone like rubbing my back in the middle of the night and I know I'm alone, like. Yeah, it was so scary. I mean, the, the biggest for me, that's why I actually stopped med meditating so much because I was doing it so much that I think I was, and because I started, I started doing it so much because I was so curious about this realm. It was weird. I was like scared, but at the same time, I was like, this is so interesting. Like I can talk to people like, you know, like that are dead. I can, I would love it now if it happened to me with what I know, I would be like, that is the coolest yeah. thing yeah. ever. But like, before I studied this, I would be like, what I would be, I would have been terrified. So like, You'd feel, what did it feel like? Like, what was your reaction? It felt uh, just foreign. Like, that's the word. Just like, is it foreign and just kind of like, is this really happening? What, what am I, what, what am I going into? I, I think it's scary. Like, I shouldn't really continue doing this because otherwise, you know, I'll end up with a ghost. So, and I, I was really scared of like seeing people and like pe dead people and ghosts and even like I grew up Christian. So I, I, I was almost scared. My, my grandmother was, um, worshiped Archangel Michael a lot. I don't know if you've heard of Archangel Michael, but I've heard, I don't really know what he means, but I've heard he's a Christian symbol Catholic. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. It's like a lot of people, 
a lot of people work with him that are not like Catholic and just call themselves spiritual because he's just here really for like protection and just support. So I was always scared of seeing like him in person. So it felt, it felt like, oh, I shouldn't go there. You know, I shouldn't, I shouldn't go there. And then in the middle of the night, that's when it really felt like, oh, this is just not okay. Versus like, oh, I shouldn't really go there. You know, um, to the point like, you'd feel them touching you in the middle of the night and it felt like too much. Like, exactly. I would feel them touch me. I would also always feel like there was someone in the room. Like, and I think part of that was also my fear, right? It was like, I was so, so scared that I was almost, yes, I'm sure that there were spirits and beings there because that psychic um, that I, that I called kind of told me that there were, I think there was like, she told me now I'm remembering, she said that there was a guy who, uh, was kind of like attaching onto me and need something. I don't remember exactly what it was, but she kind of like helped me like cut off the cords. And of course, for me, all that was like foreign language. I'm like, what, what do you mean touching cords to me? I don't get it. Because like I told you in the beginning, when you're such stuck in fear, you're going to attract these spirits that are not helping you or supporting you. They're just causing even more fear. So you're, it's creating more of something that's like unnecessary. So, um, yeah, it just felt like people touching me, people, people in the room, people wanting something from like, like as though I was going to get like attacked, just very like stuck in fear is really what I can say. Okay, so I have a question about that. You said you were feeling like you might see Arching, Archangel Michael and you were also feeling fear, but he, you said he is a spirit of protection. So like, what would be the fear of seeing like a, con a discarnate consciousness or spirit of protection? Or what would be a fear about seeing like your grandma? I know everyone says there's fears about this, but like, this is my dream. I'm like, I want to see my dad. I want to see my grandma and animals. Like, that's all I want. And even if it's like, I don't know, I, I guess like to me, that's all I want. Yeah. So really what's coming up is like, it's the movies. It's the, it's the indoctrination of society telling you that, um, people who pass away are ghosts and they're like this, you know, scary, gory, crazy, paranormal activity, right? Like I, I used to watch that as a kid. I watched paranormal. Uh, what was it? It was a paranormal activity. Was it called the movie? I think so. I don't remember, but I always loved watching like scary movies as a kid and like ghost movies. I think I saw that one is when I was a kid. Is that the one where like the guy's dad has passed away and he's trying to reach him and it turns out he reaches like some, I think I saw that and I used to find them so scary as a kid, but I also didn't think any of this stuff was real. It just to me was like pure fantasy. Right. Yeah. And like Chucky, like, do you remember that movie Chucky or... Yes. Is that, is that the one with the doll? Am I right? Yeah. Yeah. That's the one with the doll. Yeah. So all that just like indoctrination of as a young child of it got me, it, it, you know, when I was first even starting all this, obviously healing myself and understanding who I was, that's the first thing you're going to fall, right. Fall back on is like, Oh, the scary movies. I shouldn't see ghosts. Like they're here to kill me and attack me. And like, you know, the thing that would freak me out a little about that is 
I feel like I'm so into seeing this, like knowing my luck, I'd wake up and like study this for like years, wake up in the middle of the night and there'd be someone standing in my room and I'd be like, yes, that's so awesome. And it would be a human being there to like murder me or something. I've just never really had these experiences. So I don't know. I assume when you have these abilities, you can tell the difference, but that's kind of my question. I'm like, if you have these, how do you know it's not a material human being, which is really scary. If a stranger is standing in your room in the middle of the night, you know, how do, how would you even know the difference? Okay. So I guess I would say it's a different frequency. It's a different energy. I don't know how to explain it. You feel the difference. Like, like if I think of my grandmother, right. Or like, if you think of your dad, right. Who passed away? Your dad passed away, right? Yes, that's what got me started on all of this. Right. If you if you think of your dad who passed away, what do you feel like? What do you feel? How, how do you feel his presence today? How do you feel him today? Like, how do I feel his presence? Um, I I guess in different ways. Like, it feels kind of like how I'd feel around him. Like, you know, all the complexities of a father daughter relationship, like very close and very safe. And then at times like mad at him, if I'll remember something, you know, cause we're both pretty strong headed opinionated people. So we'd fight some, but also this feeling of like protection. He always made me feel overall very, very supported. And he was really funny. So I'll think of things and like want to laugh or like, you know, I feel confident you know, he always made me feel really confident. So, you know, all those feelings, but I, I, how would I know that's him? I guess there are moments when I've had readings where, or like have done meditations with a medium and it feels like a combination, I guess the, I, I don't even know. I'm so, I don't have these subtle abilities to really know this, but I guess I could say maybe the slight difference would be sort of like feeling like the memories of him. Plus there was like more of a physical sensation to top it off too, like tingles or chills or if that, which felt a little different than just memories of thinking about him. It was slightly maybe a physical, like feeling warmth or waves or, but I, I, I don't, feel you know this isn't something i'm very in tune with yeah. or un understand or probably don't really have whatever physiological makeup someone who's a medium does have ready to embody that next level calm and confidence it's time to activate that part of your subconscious Get the self-paced 11-minute-a-day program by me, author of Confidence Introvert and Certified Subconscious Reprogrammer. Go to stephanietoma.com slash confidenceboost. Use code WTF50 for $50 off. Hi, everyone. I'm so excited to share that my book, What the Fuck Just Happened? A Sciency Skeptic Explores Grief, Healing, and evidence of an afterlife is available now for sale. If you go to wtfjusthappened.net, you can see the link to buy it. I'll also have the link in the podcast show notes. I know many of you want to know how exactly did I come to change my mind about the afterlife? Well, this book is all about the first stages of my exploration into this afterlife evidence 
to where I'm at today. It starts with the awful part of when I lost my dad, how as a science-minded atheist, I first began to explore if there was any possibility of an afterlife, and what and who I found most compelling. I also share some stuff that was not so compelling, such as a very clearly fake psychic medium reading and a pretty ridiculous seance, but that's balanced by some amazing peer-reviewed studies on mediums, medium readings, parapsychologists, and just a whole bunch of what the fucks, including some really inexplicable personal things that happened to me, and some really incredible signs I got from my dad. Despite the topic, it's actually funny, mainly because I'm just like such an awkward person. And you also get to learn about all the amazing people and incredible characters I met along the way, as well as more about the research that helped change my mind. And some of the people you learn about have become some of my really good friends and mentors today. So go to WTFJustHappened.net and order it. If you've already read it, please rate and review on Amazon. I cannot tell you how helpful that is. And share with any friends who might be interested. Thank you all. I'm so excited to finally share the full details of this crazy exploration with all of you. You you do. There's a lot more to you that you probably don't know. And you're capable of a lot. It's just you, because you say like, you know, I don't, I'm not made. Like, it's like the limiting beliefs, right? Where people are like, oh, I only thought special people with special gifts could do this. And it's like, not really, not really. Like if I don't have like a special like gift, I would say, I mean, have I refined my abilities? Yes. Am I different than six years ago to where I'm now and what I'm capable of doing? Of course. I mean, night and day. Um, but you know, if you were to meditate often every single day and kind of like work on yourself, right. And do kind of all this stuff. I'm sure that in like a year from now, you'd be like, Oh my gosh, Sam, <laughs> I can do, you know, I can, I can, I can kind of do some, some readings. Um, yeah, it's, it's I actually did like, I took once, uh, there details are in my book, but like I once at a forever family foundation event was like doing cold readings just as a joke like kind of also partially as a joke and partially to show people like what a fake reading is and I got real information that was very early in my research and I was just like what the fuck and it felt really different like I felt sensations and then I took a mediumship class for a few weeks that my good friend Renee Buck taught and I was like the day of the readings I was actually getting really accurate information i felt all these yeah. sensations yeah. yeah but like you guys you know you as a medium will talk about like just lying in bed and feeling beings touch you or you'll always like sometimes i hear mediums talk about not being able to turn it off like i couldn't do this consistently i don't even know what that means like i have to do so much to even be able to turn it on for like a tiny bit and it's probably going to happen like four times my whole life you know <laughs> i mean yeah, no, that's also a big thing too, the turning off, which I still, I'm not very good at to be fully transparent. 
Um, just because I'm someone, I'm Aquarius moon, Aquarius sun and Leo rising. So for those of you who know, what does that mean? Yeah. Um, I'm a very, so it's like a lot of air, right? Aquarius is an air sign paired with fire. So there's a lot of air and just like a little bit of fire. I'm like, go, go, go. And my mind is just like consistently, not only my mind, my body, I'm consistently doing like multitasking, doing this, doing that, doing the other, that I, yeah. So I, for me to turn things off, um, is very difficult. Then also the big thing with starting to turn things off is that you're scared that if you do, you're, you won't receive the information. Like when I do readings. Oh no, I was just going to say, what does it feel like, like, when you don't turn it off, are you like at the grocery store and someone's like grandma is like, Hey, Hey, tell my granddaughter that. Okay. A couple of things. First is like the inability to, to sleep, um, or sleep like very, like a sound sleep. Um, like I get a lot of messages sometimes in the middle of the night or, um, like first thing in the morning or as soon as I go to bed. Um, so like, that's not good. Right. Cause like, if you're, if I'm receiving messages, like at this time of the night, like before I go to bed or as soon as I go to bed in the middle of the night and at the first thing in the morning, my mind, I can't actually fully just relax and, and just go into a, a sympathetic nervous system, parasympathetic. So that's one thing. The other thing with, um, people, like if you're at the grocery store, I don't really receive messages. Like it's funny. Cause people, when I first started this too, I'd always, when I worked with psychics, I'd be like, oh, like you're meeting me for the first, like you must be receiving all these messages from me, right? Like right now I'm speaking to you. I'm not receiving messages from you because you haven't really allowed me to do that, right? It's like, it's not like I can just go around. Oh, I would love you to. I mean, if my dad popped in now, I'd be thrilled. Like bring it, you know, but I also know that's not respectful when you're like, being left not necessarily left brain maybe but like you're on a podcast like being interviewed about your abilities I would think from my perspective it would be very rude if I was like is my dad here like yeah of course no of course you don't surprise mediums with reading because it's exhausting but I would be fucking thrilled if you were suddenly like your dad's here (laughs) but you know what I mean so I, I don't what do you mean that I'm not allowing for it like no 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 yeah totally I'm saying like if the energy, like, I don't, let's see if I can explain this a little bit better. Um, so for example, right now I'm focused on this, right? I'm focused on like doing this podcast and we're talking about all these things. So like the last thing that they're going to really do, if I'm like, so focused on this is send me a message, unless you need to hear something like, unless like, Oh, Hey, you really should tell her about this. Right. Which they wouldn't do because I have a lot of medium friends. And so they probably wouldn't interrupt my podcast, you know, where it's in, uh, that would be my guess is a, it would be disrespectful to you. It's probably more beneficial to the world that, I mean, I hope that sounds very arrogant, but hopefully people listening to this, you know, I don't think they want to hear messages from my dad. They want to hear, you know, me hopefully asking the same questions they would have and about you, you know? So in that sense, I would think my dad would consider it rude to both of our goals, you know? Yeah, totally. Yeah, exactly. And it's also, it's like, it's so it's the dynamics of the person of what's going on and, and kind of, it's, it's not like I'm walking down the street and, you know, I'm picking up on everything that all the people around me, it's more so like, 
it's messages more about like me, my life that like starts to become like a bit too much sometimes if I tell them, you know, like from your grandma, you mean is sending you messages? Yeah. For my grandmother or like, um, you know, they'll, they'll kind of like tell me things that like I need to do or that I forgot or something else. It's like, it's like in, in pieces sometimes. And it's like, can get overwhelming if I don't say, Oh, can you send, send me messages after 9am or, you know what I mean? Like something like that, unless it's something urgent or something that I really need to know. The other thing is like, it's not a problem unless it becomes, unless you make it a problem. Right. So it's like a lot of my readings, I tend to feel whatever my client is going through. So is that a problem? Not, it doesn't, it doesn't bother me unless I'm doing like multiple readings a day, then it can become a problem. And I can say, okay, you know, I don't need to feel this person's thing, but it, I kind of need to sometimes feel it so that I can give accurate messages. So I actually want to back up because we, you were also talking about, you were feeling these things, you were hearing these voices, and then you went to that, not the con artist one, but you found a mentor. And so tell me what you like, how did that go? What did you learn or experience? So that lady was kind of like 80 years old. So she kind of just did like one-off readings. And after doing, doing that, I was at that time I was working with a business coach and I knew I had to transition into something more of like a medium psychic medium mentor so that I could understand my abilities and what was going on. So I started working with my first psychic medium officially, um, about two years ago. And it was, it was the most rewarding, most uh, just like heart and mind opening and spirit opening that I've ever kind of done. Cause it was like, I was officially committing to, okay, this is really who I'm becoming and who I'm here to become. And when you commit that, and when you, you tell your team, right, your spirit. This was a different mentor though. This wasn't the 80 year old woman. This is yeah. How did you find this one? Really interesting. I just did like a, a, a search on Instagram, a psychic medium. One day I was like, you know what? Let me see what's going on. <laughs> this is so unlike me. Like I would never, ever do that. And that's when I found Chloe Elgar. I don't know if you know her. Chloe Elgar? Chloe Elgar. I've never heard of her. I'll put a link in the show notes to her page too. Her Instagram is channeled by Chloe. And so I, I started working with her and when I made that commitment, it was as though things started even more emerging. And that's when I started really seeing more things, hearing even more, uh, getting more messages, working more with like animals. That's when I got my first wolf dog that I didn't know was a wolf dog and thought was a Siberian Husky. So you were studying with Chloe, you were getting mentored by her. Was she, were you in classes? Were you getting one-on-one mentorship? I was getting one-on-one mentorship. Um, so we were meeting, you know, every single week and kind of going through again, in a very intuitive way, what, what, what the messages she was getting for me, kind of what would I, what I was feeling, what I was kind of going through and slowly as we were progressing and as, as I was doing this kind of work, I started diving deeper into more of like the animal stuff because that just kind of like appealed to me a lot. And it was a very natural thing. 
into reading people's animals, like giving them readings. Yeah, and understanding more about animals in general. Um, because yeah, after I got this, this wolf dog, she kind of like shook things up and really kind of changed my life a little bit in terms of kind of like seeing, you know, the things that I really needed to kind of unearth. So let's see, I have a lineage of like in my past lifetimes of, uh, living with wolves, like before dogs existed and, you know, they evolved into like canines. How do you know that? So what I was going to say before is that I started into getting into this path of like animal stuff. I found this animal communicator through my wolf dog because she was going through so, so much in her body. Like she was having diarrhea every single day for six, for the six, first six months of her life. And I was like, this is not normal. You know, I've tried a thousand things. I've been paying thousands of dollars at the vet for all these kinds of exams. There has to be something else. And that's when I kind of was searching. I spent like a whole weekend searching for an animal communicator. And that's how I found Julie Morgan, which is like a very, very well-known psychic here in Park City. And I started mentoring with her while doing my mentorship with Chloe too. So it's kind of like a two really intense, I was kind of going through an intense like mentorship, if you will. Um, and she was kind of helping me understand animals and refine my, my abilities and kind of, and then all after working with her for like four months, I started doing my first animal reading. And that's when I was like, Whoa, <laughs> I can really do this. Like this is, this is, this is really awesome. Uh, what, I'm sorry. What is your wolf dog's name? Gaia. So what did they say about Gaia? And I assume Gaia got physically better after this, or you wouldn't be speaking highly of them. Yeah. So she, she had meant she, so I, I called her, sent her a picture, told her what was going on. And she said, she needs, I think it was mushroom powder. Give her mushroom powder and give her um, goat, goat's milk yogurt. And she knew that just from a photo. Yeah. And she said, yeah. And she said she had, oh yeah. And the other thing she said, she had a, she, she has a, oh, she has a nodule in her upper stomach tract. And I thought, oh my gosh, that's so accurate. Like, how did she, you know, know this? So I did that and went right away. Wait, you mean the vet? You knew that was accurate because the vet had already found that? No, no, because we had already tried so many things for like four months. Nothing was working. I, I mean, I was waking up in the middle of the night every night for like, every two hours. I mean, I was getting so drained. I, I thought I had to get this dog up because I thought that I can't, I can't do this and do this anymore. Um, I knew that it was accurate because I thought it just felt again, it felt like, okay, this is, this is true because nobody can figure this out. I'm just going to go and try this out. So I did. And the next day she was better and she just kept like, getting better. Couldn't really believe it. Um, until it kind of like, stopped after like about about like a month and she was kind of like back to normal after following the treatments from yeah i'm sorry what is this woman's name again julie morgan after following julie morgan's treatments the goat milk yogurt and then gaia got better after a year of nothing else working pretty much now how did you know you said then you had had past lives with wolves what makes you think that yeah. So she, Julie was the one to, to tell me this. The other mentor that I work with is called 
Lucia Jacob. She is from the Netherlands, I think. Um, her Instagram is linking awareness. She's amazing. She's a true master at what she does. And, um, you know, at first I also thought like, is she really a wolf dog? Like I it might, you know, this is probably just something in my mind. Like, but I'm like, no, no, she really is because we were having like aggression, aggression problems and she was fighting with every single dog in our house. And I had a session with Losha as well. And she said, you have a, a, a lineage of wild beings. So like wild horses, wild, uh, dogs, obviously wolves. Um, because also as I was talking to her, um, the horse consciousness was kind of coming to me and I was like, every barn I go to for a horse, I always get, I always ask about this horse and it's a wild Mustang. So I'm like, what's going on? And that's what she had clarified to me. And if it feels right, right. When they say that to me, it's like, of course I do, because that's why I'm, I, that's why I received Gaia, right? That's why she was a wolf dog that I didn't know. Um, but that's why she came to me to heal my lineage of wild, you know, living with, with wild beings and kind of like, of course I used to be, I, I don't, I don't, I haven't gone much into like past lives or anything like that, but you know, um, I always say that there are old souls and then there are new souls in this lifetime. And for people that already, you know, have this, like coming up to what we were talking about before, kind of like, you can't do this, like you can, but the difference maybe between me and you is that with you, perhaps it's like, you have to do this more consistently or work like a little bit more. Whereas with me, it was like, this is just my sole mission, right? Does that make sense? It does. And I know um, one of my, a parapsychologist I really admire called Lloyd Arbach. I talk about him a lot in this podcast and in my book. He says like, yeah, everyone has some form of psychic ability, just like anyone can play basketball, but not everyone's Michael Jordan or anyone can sing, but we're not all Beyonce. Um, do you agree with that? I do. I agree with, yeah, I think it does make sense. It's like, we all came here with a mission and purpose. And, um, it's not that we're not all psychics. We are, but some people just came here to really do that. And so they're going to just excel and master that. Which I guess any skill someone has a talent for, like, yeah, I could try to be an Olympic athlete. I could work really hard. I probably wouldn't do very ever really make it, you know, I mean, that's not my skill. Okay. Um, and I guess I really want to talk more about this animals. So you started doing psychic readings for people and then you started to realize you were an animal intuitive. So what was your first experiences giving readings to other people for their animals? Like While I was working with Chloe, because I don't work with her anymore, um, which was I think I last worked with her, it could be six months ago. Yeah. I felt this calling, like, I want to be working with animals. I want to get out of my computer. I want to be in a barn with horses and kind of like doing things and going to different places and doing healings. I never, I, I always felt like that calling again, like as I was developing myself in just my path, it just like kept calling me, but I never knew how. And I also had the limiting belief of like, I can't really communicate with animals because that's a whole other thing. And I kept like telling people about these readings on my animal Instagram. We can talk about it after. It's called Our, Our Wild Within. 
And nobody, you know, nobody was like saying anything or doing anything. And of course that was because I still had the limiting belief of like, I can't do it. But you wanted to do it. So it was a limiting belief. Like you wanted to, but felt like I can't. Yeah. Felt like I can't. And so some months had gone by and, um, you know, I kind of, I was like, you know what, like, let me do this in a way that feels a bit more comfortable to me. Um, and just say, you know, I have these animal readings there. Sure. They're 30 minute readings. They're $40, just like a fun, like, let me make this fun instead of this, like, ah, you know, like intense thing. So I did that. And this girl, um, who, who works, so there's a ranch here that does sledding that like dog sledding. So they like their rescue ranch, but they, they do, they work with huskies and kind of all different kinds of dogs, but primarily huskies to, to do dog sledding. So she worked, this lady works at the ranch during the winter time. And she reached out to me and said, Oh, I found you through, you know, Rancho Luna Lobos is what they're called. Um, I would, you know, how much do you charge for readings? And I said, um, oh, she said, how much do you or Julie charge for readings? And I said, I, I charge 40. I don't know what Julie charges. I think she charges 75. And she was like, oh, okay. Um, when are you available? And I thought, oh, okay, great. Here's my first reading next week. And so I, I, we set it up and I honestly went in without any expectations with nothing because it's like with, I don't know how other mediums work, but with me, all I really have to do is say spirit guides, ancestors and spirit team, please provide me with anything I need to hear, see and feel for the name of the person, the name of the animal. And I ask for videos and, and pictures and, and messages just kept coming. And it was like all accurate. Well, how would they come? Just like pop into your mind, like in words? Well, okay. So one of the things was the night before the reading, I had woken up in the middle of the night, parched. I felt like drinking like a gallon of water. And I thought, wait a second, that can't be, can't be right. Cause I just drank so much water the, the night before. So I thought, oh, this must be, this must be something to do with, with the girl that I'm about to, to do a reading for. So of course, like one of the first things I see the girl, the person. So this was for a person, not an animal. Well, no, this was for, no, this was for her animal. This was for her dog, her Australian shepherd. But usually with these animal readings, it's like the animal tells me things about their owners as well. It's not just like about the animal. So of course, one of the first things I say is how much water are you drinking? And she's like, oh, I never drink water. <laughs> The girl, the, per the, the human, the person, the human, the owner. Yeah. The owner of the dog. Um, well, it, with any animal reading, so I want to clarify, maybe it's not clear. I always talk to the owner of the animal to receive whether that's messages, uh, for the dog or for the horse or for the animal or for the human. I always talk to the human. And are these in person on the phone? On the phone. On the phone. So you're not even in a room with the animal. This is just, do you get photos of the animal? Yeah, I, I always ask for photos and videos, but I only see them like a minute before I'm about to call them. You, you want to like find out the information right away. And sometimes what happens is that I need to connect to the owner first to receive the messages from the dog. And why do you think that is? I think part of it has to do with, I still haven't like really understood how to like explain the like intricacies of of this because it's so again right with me it just like comes and it's like it's funny because I'm actually doing a 
group coaching on how to connect, how to talk to your animal in December. So it's, I'm trying to under, like explain everything. Okay, so let's say you want to go to your, your neighbor's house, right? You're not just going to open your neighbor's doors at your neighbor's house door. You're going to ask. Um, so I think it's kind of like that. That's why I said it's like you can't just like receive very accurate messages from just like anybody walking down the street because they haven't really granted you permission to not only haven't they granted you, if you were to then find information out or receive something from somebody else, it's kind of like a, it's not like a sin, but it, it's like, it's not your place to kind of do that. Like, you know, um, so it's also a level of just like respect. I think it's respect boundaries and just. So when the human gives permission, then you have permission to read the animal. If you think about it, like the animal is, is its own being. So it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't need the human to be valued, but the animal is under the care of this human. And also to add to that, it's like when I hear the voice of the owner, I think that I'm aligning, I'm picking up the energy and the frequencies and the messages much clearer than if I were to just look at an animal's photo. Like I might receive something, but is it like, so, 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 so accurate. And is it the messages that I need to hear right now? I'm not sure. I could be, but from my experience, it's always way more accurate when I talk to the owner. So you talked to this one owner, you'd woke up parched, the owner needed to drink more water, not the animal. And then you also were feeling and getting information about the animal. Yeah. Because sometimes, a lot of times, people want to do, especially for horses, they want to do readings on their horses because there's always an, an issue with the horse. And a lot of times, people think, oh, it must be an issue with my, my horse must have a problem. Most of the times, the animal is mirroring whatever's going on with the human. So that's why it sometimes turns into just the human <laughs> because the animal is showing what, like, for example, the client that I'm working with right now, one of, one of my clients, she she's had this situation with her dog um, that she kind of had to take to the vet right away. It's kind of like an emergency, but it was directly related to what she's going through. Right. So it's so interesting how. Can you go, can you go into the details of that? That's it's probably too personal, right? Yeah. I won't go into the details. They actually just thought they're like, did you ask for permission? Um, I won't go too much into the details, but Pretty much which it has to do with her life force energy and what she's kind of feeling and her dog is presenting the same symptoms but in dog format it's really interesting yeah that really is yeah i was actually going to just recommend a book as well for those people who are perhaps a little interested my animal myself is the book by marta williams i i love animals sounds like something i'd like to read and I'll have a link to this in the show notes for people. And it, what does it talk about? Just how to be like connected to your animal? Yeah, it's a breakthrough way to understand how you and your animal reflect each other. You gave an example of when you knew like that woman was really parched. And so that was, have you ever had a really evidential experience of giving an animal a reading where you knew something and then something happened with the animal that changed its life or... Or what, like, what's the most evidential experience you'd share? 
Yeah. So with this, I had a second meeting with a specific owner and her dog. And actually, this I could share. The dog wouldn't stop barking. Barking, 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 nonstop. Um, barking even more when she was on the phone with me, when she was on the phone with her other friend, just like nonstop kind of like asking for attention. And clearly before even I connected to the owner, like on the call, cause this I think was the second time. So I kind of already knew her energy and kind of already had that connection going on. The animal had told me she's not doing what she's supposed to, like, she is not following her. She's not listening. She's not listening to what I'm telling her. She's not picking up on the signs that she's not meant to do this. She's meant to do this other thing that she's supposed to be doing. So not how she communicates with the animal, like something personal in her life. In her life, she's, she was in the wrong trajectory. Yeah. And she, she's just not paying attention. And of course, when I arrived, cause that time I actually went to her little barn to do an, a reading in person because, you know, this was a second time and her dog just like wouldn't stop barking. Um, and as I, as soon as I, you know, told her, she says, I'm definitely not like, this is, this is, this has been coming up for a while. And what was happening was that I was observing because a lot of animal stuff is like ob observation, um, what the dog was doing. And the dog was like, kept going behind her and barking behind her, behind her, her back. And I said, your dog is, do you see what's happening right now? Like your dog is barking behind you, behind your back. What is that showing you? Like he's telling you not only that you are not supporting your mission because our spine has everything to do right with our, our support, our, 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 our way of, of supporting ourselves through this life. Your dog is, is telling you to move forward. Like you're staying behind, like you're not moving forward. Um, so that was a really, really huge one because after that, it was like kind of a shift. He, she didn't continue doing that. Um, so you could tell like the behavior had changed because the owner acknowledged what was going on. So the owner changed her life and the dog stopped that behavior. Isn't it so like, it's wild. And so do you think that, I mean, I go twofold with this. I mean, there's maybe 10 other things you could think it's either like these dogs have so much more wisdom than we realize that they're really like seeing our life in depth the way a good friend or parent would, you know, being like that job's really wrong for you, that relationship's wrong for you, or dogs feel our energy. Like when we're happy, we feel better. And you maybe were reading psychically what was going on and what the dog would need. Like, you know, dogs feel when we're sad, when we're mad, like if we're more present, we're more able to be loving with our animals. So it, it's like, it almost sounds like, you know, when you're a child, like your parents think, you know, you're two or three years old, things are hidden from you. But in reality, like you might not have the vocabulary or the world understanding to be like, oh, like, I'll just give an example. Like, let's say, you know, your mom's cheating on your dad, like a three-year-old would never understand that, but something wouldn't feel right. And then if they worked that out, the three-year-old would feel a lot more comfortable. Like totally, totally. And that, that just gave me the chills. Actually, it's, you're so right. And that's, that's why I love animals so much is because they're consistently showing us something consistently. 
Um, and it's just like, can you observe enough and can you be present? That's the thing. That's the key. It's like we humans aren't present and we're always kind of in the past or in the future. Animals force you to be in the present. And if you're not, they will make themselves known. <laughs> yeah. They are healers. They really are. So wait, do you communicate with animals who've passed away? Do you bring them in for their loved ones? I do. I do. Yeah, I actually did. So here in Park City, we have a little cute pet store that I kind of just became a psychic for and kind of have like my cars there and we're doing like a little wellness event in spring. Um, and this lady was actually there the other, I think it was like a month ago and her dog had passed away and I had no idea about what her dog looked like or what, you know, what, or I didn't even know her dog had passed away. And I said, do you have a dog, like a terrier looking dog or like, it's like black or it's brown and, and white. It's got like some spots. She's like, yeah, I do. She's, she passed away just, just a month ago. And I was well, she has lots to tell you. And I started feeling so sad and I almost like started crying. And I said, are you like, did something happened? And she's like, yeah, this was the dog that I neglected like my whole life. And this is, she has now two dogs and she's kind of doing the same thing that she did with the dog that passed away. So of course the dog that passed away was kind of coming in and saying, hey, please let her know not to do that. And it's really interesting with animal communication is that it's very direct. It's like, it's this and that. And with humans, it can get a little bit more like airy fairy, but with animals, it's just, it's so direct and so simple that it almost feels like logical. It's very interesting. I would have actually, if someone would have asked me, which I, I would have guessed the, it's the opposite. Isn't it? Isn't it so funny? Yeah. Cause humans, you can have more direct logical and animals. It's all intuition, but maybe I, I can't pretend to understand why that is. That's maybe you're just like the best at communicating with animals. Maybe that's it. Yeah, well, you know what, to say to that, I would say, like, the one thing that's coming up is that humans are so, we overthink, right? We overdo, we overthink, we, we, we're so, like, complex, we have so many complexities where animals are so present and so in the moment, they don't have, like, the limbic brain, limbic system that we have to be able to, like, judge and create, right? They don't have that. So that's why I think it's just more direct and logical, whereas with humans, it's like, there's just so much still stuff that we like put in between and the other and everything that it's like, sometimes we can't, that's why a lot of people tend to be like, well, what's my thought versus what's my intuition, right? Like, how do I differentiate between those things? And it's like, yeah, that's why animal communication is so, I think, important also when we're, we're kind of practicing intuition and just observing animals in general. What do you think's the biggest misconception people have about animals? I guess misconception, like you mean, like what, what would someone think animals are and they're not something like that? Yeah, pretty much. Like how do we misunderstand like the experience of being an animal or how we're supposed to treat our animals? So a lot of the times what I always see is that like people, they love to put their humanness onto the animal. And this, I did that. I, I did that from the very beginning. And what I mean by that is like, Okay, so a lot of people, right, that aren't familiar with working dogs, for example, 
they'll see, um, you know, a kennel outside and they'll be like, these dogs will be behind bars and people will be like, Oh no, I'm calling animal control. Like, that's not okay. Like, how can you put animals in this cube? And that's not okay. And it's like, doesn't quite work like that. Like animals aren't, we don't, animals don't need a bed. They don't need a pillow. They don't need a duvet. <laughs> they don't need like a silk, uh, you know, coat. Um, they don't. And I think the biggest thing that people tend to do is humanize animals to the point where they aren't animals anymore and they think they're a human or like a baby and they're just not that. And then this is where a lot of complications start to arise, right? With like, oh, my dog won't stop doing this. My dog won't stop. Now my dog's developed this behavior. My dog's developed this other behavior. And that's because you aren't treating your dog or animal like an animal or a dog. I probably am guilty of that. I mean, I think my animals seem really happy, but I definitely treat them like little babies. We all do. I think one thing that gets me mad, though, that people say, and I'm curious just what you feel about this, is people will say animals don't have feelings or suddenly there'll be this whole study like, oh, they just discovered after this expensive long study that dogs feel love i'm like well no shit like that's what gets me mad when they like so distance them from us i'm like you know that i think that's why sadly so there's so much comfort with cruelty in our society to animals yes it's it's that's just not true right like animals have feelings they feel love they feel fear uh, they feel neglect. They feel those basic survival feelings. They do because they have that part of the, their brain, right? Um, so of course they do. And of course they're sentient be beings. So any sentient beings being is going to feel things because they're sentient beings. A lot of the times people get animals and specifically dogs. Let's just like narrow it to dogs because they want to nourish right something or they want to take care or they want to feel also nourish themselves right like it, there's a part of that i don't know if you agree but there's there's a there's a like element of like oh i'm getting this dog this puppy it's so cute like i want to you know what i mean like feel cuddle and like feel like good and it's like that's awesome it's amazing but it's important for us to to kind of take a step back and think and just understand that this is also an animal who requires a purpose, right? Who requires a certain direction in their lives. And this animal is not here for you. It's for, for a partnership, right? And I think that's when things get a little tricky. And now with horses, people a lot of time get gets horses in order to be the dictator, right? I want this horse to be a racehorse to, you know, do this dressage competition or th this other thing. And that's why you see a lot of horses in kill pens and of course dogs in rescues because we're too much thinking of ourselves, right? And that's why I talk about like the humanness. It's like, can you think of the animal and why you want this animal? Is it just to fulfill something that perhaps you're not feeling right now and you need that animal to fulfill that? Or are you adding to the animal's life as well, right? And now we're going to pause for a second for the question of the week. This week's listener question was submitted by Lauren G. She asked, what is one book that changed your mind the most about afterlife evidence? That is really hard to say one book. For me, it was really an accumulation of everything. And 
just so much phenomena, so much data, so much evidence, and so many intelligent, logical-minded, scientific people writing books on everything from NDEs to data on mediumship readings. In one sense, I might say the two books by Dr. Jim Tucker, but that was only because they were the first books I found. So I really can't recommend one over all of the others. If you have a question you want me to answer, send it to hello at wtfjusthappened.net and put question of the week in the subject. I know I usually say first names, but if you want to be completely anonymous, let me know. And feel free to reach out anyway, even if you don't have a question. I can't wait to hear your questions and hear from you. Club Care is a charity organization founded by Emma Justus after the loss of her father, David Justus, to glioblastoma. Club Care is dedicated to supporting children and families dealing with cancer. They strive to create joyful moments through meaningful projects impacting individual families, as well as larger oncology communities. Funding for all projects is raised through philanthropic donations. Go to makingheadway.org backslash clubcare programs for a complete list of programs and activities. So I think we should be winding it up. This went so fast. It was such an interesting conversation. And then Sam, why don't you just say how and where people can find you? Yeah, so um, you could find me at Our Wild Within on Instagram. Wonderful. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. Thank you, Liz. To get more information on what the fuck just happened, go to wtfjusthappened.net. There you can order my book, What the Fuck Just Happened? A Sciency Skeptic Explores Grief, Healing, and Evidence of an Afterlife. And you can learn all about how I came to conclude that there most likely is an afterlife. You can also learn about the early stages of my grief and the amazing, fascinating people I met along the way. You can also read about how much I harassed them, trying to get evidence, see if they were cheating, and see if they were sane. There, you can subscribe to our newsletter. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. It makes such a difference, especially for a new podcast like this one. And if any of you have had a crazy what the fuck yourself, have any questions, feedback, or just want to say hi, reach out on either Instagram at WTF underscore just underscore happened underscore or email me at hello at WTF just happened.net. And remember, you don't have to draw any final conclusions as you wonder what the fuck just happened.